Hello, everyone, and welcome to Berlin Companion, your weekly podcast about everything you never even knew you wanted to know about Berlin. My name is Beata, and I'm the host of this podcast, as well as the woman behind the Berlin history and trivia blog called Kreuzberg. It's been a long way making this podcast, and a long time has passed since the idea of it was born. So it seems only fitting that time and clocks should be the topics that open this series, also because of the date. April has just begun, and did you know that until the 1st of April, 1893, Berlin followed its own time? It's kind of obvious when you think about it. Of course, in the days before Central European time, different places in the German Reich, German Empire, measured it in different ways, typically by simply checking the position of the sun as seen from their location. But it feels it was such a long time ago and so used are we to our universal coordinated time that it usually comes as a bit of a surprise nevertheless. At least I know it did to me. German Empire was created in 1871 when Prussian King Wilhelm famously put on the imperial hat becoming Kaiser Wilhelm I. It incorporated various formerly independent regions, kingdoms and duchies with several different main time systems and many, many local times. For instance, Berlin and Prussia, as well as northern Germany and Saxony, followed what was known as Berliner Zeit, Berlin time, based on the position of the sun at noon in Berlin. But by 1872, Prussia stretched over nearly 17 degrees of longitude, from East Prussia, which is now Russian Kaliningrad region, to Alsace-Lorraine in today's France. So a train from Tilsit, or today's city of Sovietsk, to Strasbourg, which is now back in France, had to have its timetable adjusted by up to 67 minutes. That meant that the Tilsit-Strasbourg train travelers actually crossed one full universal time zone the way we know them today, and entered another one. Because since the late 19th century, the Earth is divided into 24 such zones, each measuring 15 degrees. So not having one standard time for the whole empire meant extra work and, which was even worse, possible errors. Before 1891, Berlin was seven minutes ahead of Munich, with its Münchener Zeit observed in Bavaria, and was out of sync with Stuttgart, as well as the rest of the Kingdom of Württemberg, where they had their own time. There were altogether six different operating times, just mostly by the railways. Berlin time, Munich time for Bavaria, Stuttgart time for Württemberg, Ludwigshafen for the Rhein-Palatinate, Frankfurt time used in Hessen, and Karlsruhe for the Grand Duchy of Baden. And this was madness. For instance, whoever circumnavigated the Bodensee, which is the German name of the Lake Constance, had to adjust the watch five times. And that was not even the worst part. At different railway stations in Prussia, station masters were armed with two clocks or two watches because the Berliner Zeit had to be converted to local time for the local passengers. It was the only way for them to know what time their train would be leaving or arriving at where they were, because Berliner Zeit timetable could be hardly helpful for someone, let's say, in Frankfurt-Oder or in Posen. Noon in Berlin was not the same as noon in Danzig, because local times 
even though we don't follow them anymore, are different. As you can imagine, Prussian and German railway timetables were getting increasingly complex and prone to error. It also went against the grain in that it emphasized the historic divisions within the empire, the empire made up of formerly independent kingdoms and duchies. But the days of the Berliner Zeit and all the other ones were counted. With the whole world trying to come up with the best possible time measuring system, crucial first and foremost for the ever-growing labyrinth of international railways, it was, as so often, the military interest of Germany that brought about the necessary change here. In 1891, Prussian Field Marshal Count Helmuth von Moltke, after whom, as I'm sure many of you know, the Moltke Bridge next to Berlin's Hauptbahnhof was named, appealed to the Reichstag, German parliament, finally to adopt the uniform time based on the Greenwich Meridian. His speech that day, in March 1891, which, by the way, turned out to be his last as the 90-year-old von Moltke died only a month later, was an example of logic supported by excellent arguments. For instance, when factory owners at the Reichstag protested that the new uniform time would mess with the time of the sunrise, by which they meant what local clocks showed as the sun went up, von Moltke reminded them that they could simply adjust the opening hours. Workers at the factories would come to work 15 minutes earlier, but they would also go home a quarter of an hour ahead of the old schedule, so all would be well. And so on June the 1st, 1891, Prussia did away with Berliner Zeit in their railway timetables, and introduced CET instead, Greenwich time plus one hour. However, public timetables for trains within Prussia, like for example from Berlin to Danzig, today called Gdańsk in Poland, still had to be printed in local times. It wasn't until April the 1st, 1893, that the German Empire made the time of the meridian 15 degrees east of Greenwich the official time for the whole of Germany. And so the Berlin time was over. But today we have a Berliner Stunde, a Berlin hour, which, it being Berlin, is not the standard 60, but 62 minutes long. Why so? Well, like so many things about Berlin that appear to be random, this one makes sense too. It exists to allow all Bundestag speakers, Bundestag is the German federal parliament, from all political factions an equal amount of time to present the proposals, comments and arguments. In the days when Berlin was still divided and the Bundestag sat in West Germany in Bonn, it was called Bonner Stunde. After Parliament's relocation back to Berlin, in 2002 the Bonn hour, which used to be 68 minutes long, was cut down to 62 minutes. Later there were plans to round it off and make it one proper 60-minute hour, but those plans were given up and the Berliner Stunde prevails. After all, time is relative. It is what we agree it is. But once we did, clocks began to rule our lives. And it is Berlin clocks that the next week episode of this podcast will be about. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Berlin Companion Podcast and the story of the Berliner Zeit. And if so, please leave positive rating, follow me on your podcast streaming services of choice and perhaps consider buying me a coffee. You will find the details in the show notes. And if you're still not convinced, why not give it another try and just return next week for a story about some of Berlin's most interesting chronometers. In the meantime, 
You will find me on Twitter at Kreuzberg, that's Kreuzberg with ED at the end, and on WordPress under Kreuzberg Berlin Companion. And thank you for joining me today. Until next week, I'll see you in Berlin.